Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges, and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Scott Luton and Kevin L. Jackson with you here on Supply Chain Now. Kevin, how are you doing today? Hello, hello. It is a grand Monday morning. You know, I, I looked out and it was freaking August. I know, I know. It's August 14th. It's been like almost two weeks of August. But <laughs> it just happened, man. Didn't it just happen? Where did the summer go? People in school. I mean, mm. you guys have been in school for two weeks. Uh I think I'll, here up in Virginia, it just starts uh, this week. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. Well, if y'all lost summer and can't don't know where it went, we caught it down here for you because it is hot, <laughs> hot, hot. And hey, if, if y'all can't tell, Kevin is raring to go. I didn't get a chance to welcome everybody to today's live stream. As y'all can tell, it's a special edition of the Supply Chain Buzz. It's the Digital Transformers edition of the <laughs> Buzz today. Kevin, this is one of our favorite conversations uh, on the second Monday of each month, right? Yes, absolutely. I can't wait. I mean, I, it's on my calendar every month, man. I got to <laughs> do this more often. We got we go through your agent every month to make sure uh, you're back from your world tour. But hey, folks, we're going to be discussing a variety of news and developments here across global business and with an extra helping of all things technology today, for sure. Uh, we want to hear from you, though. So give us your take in the comments throughout the show. We'll be sharing those and commenting on those. And hey, if you're listening to the podcast replay, you ought to consider joining us live on LinkedIn or YouTube or some other social media channel of your choosing. We're live every Monday at 12 noon Eastern time, which Kevin, I think right now mm -hmm. is 6 p.m. Central European time. Does that sound right? Uh, yes, that's 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 right. But uh, wait a second. I think that it have daylight savings in Central Europe, too. Uh, well, you know what? So maybe five. Okay. Well, let's ask the experts. So I met. <laughs> we got people in Europe on the line, don't that's we? That's right. Uh, I met Kia. Uh, in Cape Town at the SAPIX conference. Great to see you. And she says she is ready to shed off for the winter. Uh, and so uh, that's right. Some people in winter right now, aren't they? Evan's confirming the force via YouTube. So, yes, it's uh, just after 6 p.m. Central European Standard Time. And Evan is in uh, Germany. How do you say that? Rutlingen? Kevin, do you see that? Rutlingen? Oh, yeah, I saw Rutlingen. Yeah, Rutligan, I okay. guess. Well, welcome, welcome, Evan. Uh, Vishnu from India and Saleh from Jordan. Great to see you all via LinkedIn, except Evan is on YouTube. I really love, I really love this international uh, flavor. Our audience, I mean, it is, this is awesome. Thank you. Definitely. The brightest, the brightest audience in all the, the globe, I should say. I almost said the land, but mm -hmm. it's, it's the globe. It's bigger <laughs> it's globe. than the land. Um, hey, and our, our dear friend, Alan Jacques from Canada is back with us here today. Great to see you, Alan. Looking forward to collaborating with you again soon. And Greg is back from Milwaukee. Oh, Wisconsin. another country, Wisconsin. <laughs> Kevin, you've been to uh, Milwaukee. Oh, I have been to Milwaukee. Yeah. I've, uh, you know, uh, home of the Brewers, right? That's right. Home of the former home. <laughs> 
of the Atlanta of, of the Braves franchise. Of course, the Braves were in Boston and then Milwaukee and then Atlanta. And still, the Braves are the only franchise to win a World Series in three different cities. How about that, Kevin? <laughs> That's amazing. You're trying to, yeah, yeah, I, I, I see the transition. I see the transition. Don't go there. So, <laughs> with that said, perfect segue. With that said, folks, Kevin and I, and really the whole team here at Digital Transformers and Supply Chain Now, we're here to offer up resources to help you in your journey ahead. And Kevin, I want to uh, share my mm -hmm. screen here. We're going to talk about um, the, with that said, digital newsletter that we dropped over the weekend. Now, Kevin, are you as big of a manufacturing fan as I am? You know, you got to in order to buy stuff, someone has to manufacture it. You know, since I like buying, <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, I'm a big, uh, big manufacturing fan. In fact, I wish I had discovered it much earlier in life. I, I made it all through high school and college uh -huh. it, it, and out of the Air Force before I ever set foot in the manufacturing plant, Kevin. And had that been different, I believe, had I, uh, I gotten a student tour back when I was in middle school or high school, I think my whole career path would have been different. I love the manufacturing industry. So, Kevin, did you know, and we talk about it more on With That Said, but Manufacturing Day, which is a day set aside for probably the last 10 or 11 years to really lift up and amplify what goes on in the manufacturing industry, that is October 6th every year. Did you know that? No, no, that's coming up here soon. We got to go out and manufacture something. Oh, maybe what we should do is dress up like a, a manufacturing line, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do it all. Let's What's do it all. Product? Yeah. <laughs> but the cool thing is we want to give folks lots of lead time to get prepared. First off, to become aware of Manufacturing Day and all the, I mean, there's slew, there's a slew of events. Uh, really probably across the globe, but certainly across the country here in the U.S. And so y'all check out, with that said, we dive into that, some manufacturing factoids and some other things. So check that out and be ready, Kevin, for all of you out there, be ready to, to strike up the band, the parades, whatever it takes to really celebrate all the wonderful people that make up the manufacturing industry. Kevin, your last word okay. here, and we're going to move on. Yeah, my last word is on manufacturing day, are all the assembly lines shut down. That's a problem. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's an excellent. <laughs> that is an excellent question. Uh, well, kidding aside, what I do know happens, and one of the reasons they've got to keep those lines going is they have hundreds of plant tours. Mm. Uh, in fact, our dear friend Allison Krejci Gittens, who is a, a special co-host here and who leads a, a manufacturing operation in Metro Atlanta, she loves bringing students in. And get get a uh, uh, put their eyes and ears on what a production environment is like. That's we need to do more of that, don't we, Kevin? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you know uh, bringing the uh, students, you know, college, high school, even elementary, into in, the uh, uh, environment, real life environment, so they can actually envision what they can do in this world, how they mm. can contribute to society. All that is critical. I was so happy. When they do the, you know, uh, bring your child to work day. Yes. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of children really don't know what their parents do or uh, how um, uh, they, they, they don't see how their parents link to the rest of society. I think that's all that's all critical. It's part of your learning. Absolutely, Kevin. And you know what? It's been proven time and time again, anecdotally and through research, that the uh, younger generations, they want to mm -hmm. see 
the system level, where they fit in, where they contribute, where they can move the needle and how it all rolls up into the greater um, strategy and the, the greater system. Uh, Absolutely. So excellent point, Kevin. Uh, so folks, we dropped the link again to with that said, uh, check it out. If you haven't subscribed, uh, be sure to do that. We release uh, this newsletter uh, usually uh, every weekend, either Saturday or Sunday, because we like flexibility, Kevin. Our team loves yep. <laughs> flexibility. All right. Speaking of resources, one more thing to share with y'all. Wednesday, 12 noon Eastern time, which is 6 p.m. Central European time. See that, Kevin? We learn and apply. <laughs> learn and apply. That's good. <laughs> We're going to be diving into TCU, Texas Christian University's Working Capital Report. So Dr. Morgan Swink is going to join us. Uh, Dan Reeve has been doing big things in the technology space, especially in supply chain, uh, with our friends at Esker is going to join us. And we're going to offer up the data and the research and the to-dos that you've got to take away, the actionable insights you got to take away from the research. Kevin, mm -hmm. uh, have you got your working capital in a headlock? No, it got me in a headlock. <laughs> I, mean <laughs> I don't believe Sorry, that. You know, uh, here I'm doing uh, airing my dirty laundry. You know, capital <laughs> is a good thing, except when uh, you don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. That is right. Uh, and you know what? It's loosening. It's loosening. I read the other day, Kevin, kidding aside, that after a, a plethora mm -hmm. of investments and deal making, especially in the supply chain startup space, that, you know, there was a tightening going on. But uh, we started to see some signs that that tightening is loosening a little bit. So lots more deals, lots more working capital out there. And uh, Kevin, I'm sure you'll have yours in a headlock uh, very, very soon. I'm going to be on that uh, webinar. That's for that live stream. <laughs> okay. We're learning something. Hopefully all of y'all will be. It's, it's, I promise you it'll be a, a well-spent investment of an hour on Wednesday. And we dropped the link here. Y'all can check out the easy link to, uh, to sign up and register so you don't miss it. Hey, T-Squared is holding down Fort Force on YouTube. And he says, Kevin, a tour of a plant is a great ground zero to seeing how it's made. I love the pun yes. there. Yes. That's an excellent show too, Kevin. Have you ever seen how it's made? <laughs> I look at it all the time. I tell you, you learn so much. And you know what? It really, every time I see it, I, I was just watching over the weekend and they were bending steel and, and uh, I, I forgot what they were making, but there is as much artistry in the manufacturing space as there is engineering and, and technical know-how. It's just mm -hmm. amazing what folks in the global manufacturing industry have can figure out day in and day out, huh? Yeah. I was looking at a show. It wasn't uh, how things are made, but it was a uh, how um, how food changed the world or something like that. And, okay. Uh, it was, well, it wasn't food. Well, yeah, it was talking about how the uh, shave, um, shaving blades were uh, created in the battle between Gillette and Chick. <laughs> Interesting. You know, every time I hear Gillette, I think about the uh, razor and razor blade. Yeah. Uh, business model. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, Y'all look that up. And uh, they were talking about how it took him 10 years to figure out how to get a blade thin enough so that it mm. could be disposable. Because think about it. This was a manufacturing thing, right? Uh, it had to be cheap enough so you can throw it away, and it had to be thin enough so you could actually shave because they wanted to get rid of uh, the time it took to actually sharpen the blades every time. That's right. And that that balance uh, between costs low enough so you can throw it away and 
thin enough so you didn't have enough didn't use enough material you yep. had less material so it could be usable those are fascinating you know balances of business it is fascinating and these days you got a razor with like seven or eight blades on it so you're, <laughs> you right, know. exactly wonder uh, but really quick and kevin i know you can relate to this to some degree although you were an officer and i was enlisted uh, in basic training when i first arrived in san antonio really hot san antonio back in 1994 mm-hmm. the first thing they let it they told us to do you know put your stuff down and get in that bathroom and take off every hair off your face and they were you know they were breathing the mtis were breathing down our, our neck and all and so i had a i had a, a gillette sensor i think a little two-blade thing right mm-hmm. and i was i was trying to rush really quick and the the uh the razor came off the handle right and it just broke <laughs> and i had to uh finish my razor my, my shave holding the two blades and kevin I'm ashamed to say I took off a corner of my lip, but I was not, <laughs> I was not going to let those uh, training instructors down. So as I jumped back in formation, I had blood coming down my mouth. I'm glad no, sucking your own blood, right? Yes. I'm glad no social media was around back then, but all right. Hey, before you go, you were yelling, doing this shout out to people. I want to do a shout out uh, to uh, Marone uh, Susi in Morocco. Okay. Because you said hot. And that reminded me of the time I was in uh, Rabat, uh, Morocco. I was on a, uh, I did a, a sentry ride on a, on a bicycle okay. in the middle of the summer oh. <laughs> in Morocco. But uh, I just wanted to do a shout out. I, it was a beautiful ride. I really enjoyed it. I'm jealous. And it's been a while since I've been back to Morocco, but it's great to see someone from Morocco on a line. Uh, I completely agree. And one more shout out. Hey, Karai Jose, the one and only. Look at that Hollywood GQ headshot there. Uh, Karai says, <laughs> yes. you guys are the best. If you don't know how it's made, you can't sell it, and you definitely can't build a supply chain to make it. Man, Shakespearean. Yep. Well said, Karai. I'm looking forward to your uh, that top 10 list that you and I were, were chatting about on LinkedIn earlier. Okay, so Kevin, we got to get to work. We're having way too much fun. And I want to start with this first story here today uh, from our friends over at Food Safety Magazine. Now, more and more business leaders in the food industry are leaning on digital transformation to enable more accountability, traceability, and visibility, all the abilities in the food supply chain. Kevin, tell us more. Well, first of all, I'd like to highlight the fact that I use food every day. (laughs) (laughs) True expert. I don't know about you, but I'm an expert (laughs) on food. And... uh, and food safety in supply chain is of utmost importance to me. If it's, you know, I want I'm to with sure. you. And as food products change hands from raw material to finished product, it goes through several touch points like production, transportation, storage, packaging. And, and this really increases the risk of contamination mm. and fraudulent activities, right? Mm. And the more complex the supply chain, the higher the probability of such risk. And we don't just get our food from our garden in our backyard, right? Or from the town or the farmer in our local you know, region. This is the international, um, mm. this international supply chain of food. And to enable higher accountability and traceability in the food supply chain, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration enacted the Foreign Supplier verification program Mm. via the Food Safety and Modernization Act. This was way back in 2016, (laughs) not that long ago. (laughs) 
<laughs> Feels like an eternity ago, doesn't it? Yeah. But through the um, uh, FSVP requirements, food importers are liable for their foreign-based suppliers. So if you're in food supply chain, you you need to really leverage, level up in digital, yeah. transfer, uh, digital transformation because the key technologies that are being used to digitize the food supply chain include blockchains, which mm. allow for improved visibility and traceability across supply chains, artificial intelligence and machine learning. Uh, they use models to help make sense of these large data streams by helping identify patterns, highlighting critical information, and pinpointing data inaccuracies and duplications. Also, CRM, customer relationship management, and automation software that integrates several information channels mm. to enable effective follow-up on potential leads by profiling customers and suppliers. And finally, robotic process automation, or RPA, which automates data entry that humans typically do. But yep. these record-keeping requirements include data on supplier audits, supplier performance, inventory levels, warehouse temperatures, you got to keep that ice cream cool, <laughs> and all the incoming material details. So digital transformation is critical to compliance with the Food Safety Modernization Act. Well said. Uh, a couple of quick comments there. Um, you mentioned all the data entry. I, mm -hmm. I saw the other day, I think our, our friends at RateLink shared this research with us on a webinar, that research shows that there's one error generated for every nine entry inputs <laughs> by humans in data entry. Wow. Jeez. That is something. Um, so, so really, we've got to lean on. The, the massive opportunities, that's nothing new, no. but has existed for years uh, to get the, the traceability and visibility we need in the food industry. And as you point out, the government, governments really across the world are holding uh, food supply chain leaders more and more accountable for their entire ecosystem. I want to share one other. Uh, so folks, uh, check out this uh, great article, Food Safety Magazine, that Kevin pointed out and brought to us. So y'all check that out. I want to share a little personal example, Kevin. And look at this. I, I'm going to make you, you said you use food every day. So <laughs> yes, we can all relate. Try. <laughs> but I, I've heard one Kit Kat a day keeps a doctor away. So I want to share that. <laughs> so uh, long story short, Amanda and I were in Cape Town uh, back in mm -hmm. June at the SAPIX conference. I think I mentioned on the front end. And the kid, our kids wanted us to gather them all sorts of, of local snacks and candy so they could try it when we got home. So we were in the local World Wars. Uh, there in Cape Town. And I saw this Kit yeah. Kat, which of course we've got in the States, but I noticed this 100% sustainably sourced cocoa labeled up there in the right-hand corner. And I was intrigued. Wow. So Kevin, I, me and Amanda grabbed a couple of them. And not only were they absolutely more delicious than the U.S. cousin, uh, counterpart or what <laughs> have you, but they have been leveraging uh, blockchain and other technologies uh, for years as part of their cocoa plan, right? Aptly named. Because yep. I think by 2025, Kevin, let me make sure I got this data right. Uh, by 2025, the company wants 100% of its cocoa worldwide sustainably sourced. That, when I think of future proofing, when I think of really answering 
the demands and the expectations of the what I'll call the modern day consumer. You know, they don't want uh, modern day slavery or child labor or, mm-hmm. or uh, non sustainably produced uh, um, uh, food products and whatnot. That is a company that gets it. So hats off to the, our, our friends over at Nestle. And again, Kevin, if you get a chance, if you're ever in Cape Town, and who knows, it's part bigger than that, but certainly <laughs> yeah. in Cape Town, you see a Kit Kat, you better grab it and you better get two or three because you're going to have some some instant friends right away. Kevin, your thoughts? That highlights the importance of digital transformation to sustainability, mm. right? So uh, that, 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 was a, that was a great shout out there. I mean, I'm going to get some Kit Kat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping once once 2025 rolls around, hopefully we see that in Kit Kats in every single market around the corner. Yeah. And it's really cool too. One last comment here, and sorry, I'm, I'm nerding out a little bit here, but um, how cool is it that the outstanding leadership, supply chain leadership in particular at Nestle, you know, and and the outcomes they're getting there with this big commitment, all of a sudden it gives sales and marketing outstanding fodder, right, to move mm-hmm. more product, as if Kit Kat needed extra fodder to move product. But I think that's really just a cool example. Um, all right. So let's see here. Hey, Mark Preston tuned in from Peachtree City, Georgia. Kevin, I got to get you and Mark connected. Mark, uh, okay. we, were, we were talking earlier about the manufacturing industry. Mark is a manufacturing guru, in particular, a lean guru. And he's done some big things with, uh, you ever heard of a company called Acuity Brands, Kevin? Uh, actually, I have. Yeah. Okay. Pretty right. interesting. Mark moved mountains there for quite some time. And wow. Um, all right. So, Kevin, we've got to move to our next story here. And look at, check out this graphic. I saw this graphic <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm on with uh, Kevin, a former NASA mission uh, expert. <laughs> and and <laughs> that's what it reminded me. So, in the second story from our friends yeah. over at Supply and Demand Chain Executive, you guessed it, more digital transformation. And, but this read, Kevin, talks about why many businesses waited for years to kick off their own digitization journey as the markets were, let's call it a good bit more predictable and stable over the last few decades. But Kevin, tell us more. Well, you know, um, if you are a supply chain manager, you realize that your environment has a huge emphasis on increased risk management, regulatory changes, and economic, societal, and geopolitical shocks. Mm. You know, change is constant and change is accelerating in everyone's job, especially if you're in supply chain. As a result, the global supply chain networks continue to undergo digital transformation in order to overcome these new challenges. They're implementing asset tracking solutions and adopting industry 4.0 technology including artificial intelligence, machine learning, and Internet of Things. A a core central element on this ongoing effort is to embed digital capabilities throughout the supply chain. And this is asset tracking or or Mm. how a company tracks its physical, also digital, assets by equipping them with um, uh, technology solutions like GPS trackers, barcode scanners, ready, and RFIDs. Uh, these asset tracking solutions installed are installed inside trucks, shipping containers, or the asset itself. They mm. give the managers greater supply chain vi- visibility. And at the same time, 
they are implementing um, AI, uh, machine learning, and IoT-enabled asset tracking solutions into the supply chain to Mm. help the enterprises reduce costs. Research from McKinsey found that these early adopters who have successfully implemented AI-enabled supply chain management saw improved inventory costs of 35% and their logistics costs reduced by 15%. Mm. AI is also a key enabler of automation, which can help minimize errors and delays, getting rid of that 10% error in in data entry, Mm. allowing organizations to decrease costs associated with lost supply. So this is this is critical, and and I don't know about you, but we have one of those um, uh, new you know walk-in stores that that no people in, and they just scan everything. You right. put it into your basket, and you just walk out without going through a cashier. I mean, it, <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> you wonder what they're charging, but you know that's that's uh, AI price and check, ML. Price check. Yeah, pressure. <laughs> Well, I thought you're when you were saying uh, we've got this new, and I thought you were going to share with us, Kevin. You had one of these powerful satellite dishes <laughs> in your background, and let's be clear: of course, that this this massive satellite has nothing to do with asset tracking. But Kevin, I thought the image was really cool, and uh, it's amazing. It really is amazing uh, what digital you know transformation what? But- is empowering. Those satellites are important to asset tracking because how are you think going to be tracking those trucks going down the interstate globally? Excellent point. Excellent. That's point. on the internet, right? And that's uh, right. those uh, satellites, that's what those disc uh, dishes are used for. That's right. Uh, and hey, playing up on your mention of AI and generative AI, which is all the rage, of course, every conversation, <laughs> Mark says AI is the latest Pokeyoke technology or, or uh, mistake-proofing uh, technology. Excellent point, Mark, and love the lean terminology. You know, we need to Pokey use... Okey, yes. Yep. <laughs> Good stuff there, Mark. Um, okay, Kevin, uh, we want to share a quick blurb with our mm-hmm. friends across the globe before we continue on. Folks, we encourage you, join the NOW community. So if you like shows like The Buzz, if you like series like Digital Transformers, if you like uh, webinars and live streams and and newsletters, you name it, that make you smarter and bring opportunities and resources to you and your journey and your teams, your organizations, hey, join the NOW community. It's easy. Our team's going to drop the link here. Big thanks to Amanda and Catherine behind the scenes to help make everything happen. And Kevin, there's like three pieces of information that is all we require. And you know, so Kevin, Mm -hmm. Three pieces instead of ten pieces. I would expect <laughs> that uh, the error rate comes down <laughs> quite a bit, right? So Reduce we're just got get... data entry, <laughs> <laughs> right? But uh, Kevin, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I, you know, add myself to a, a newsletter or a different resource, right, right? It's like I'm getting audited. It's like 37 pieces of information they won't know. My firstborn and my <laughs> and first it's all car. mandatory, right? Jeez. Right. This is <laughs> our global community, our global fam has spoken. They want to make it easy and simple. So y'all check it out here one click away and uh, don't miss uh, some of the great resources and shows that we roll out. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, as, as change is constant and change is accelerating, as I said earlier, that's why you need to be part of the now network. So you know now 
when things are changing. You know now what you need to be successful uh, in your career and in your business. So oh. join the now uh, community. Now. Right now. <laughs> you did it so much better than me. What was I trying, <laughs> Kevin? You're just a natural, I'll tell you what. Uh, so y'all check it out. We'd love to have y'all be a part of some of the things you may just be missing out on. Okay, Kevin, we've got a couple other things we're, we're going to walk through here today. I want to start with our next um, uh, article here. And this is from our friends over at Data Iku. Mm. So we're talking about digital value chains and some of the challenges that business leaders are are facing there. But Kevin, before you kind of unpack it here, yep. uh, I want to level set just a bit with our listeners in terms of supply chains and value chains. Now, I'm going to try to do this just in a minute or two. But in a small okay. nutshell, the supply chain focuses more on the processes and the logistics to get stuff, right? In its most basic components, think of you know, plan, source, make, deliver. And Kora, if you're still with us, I know that your top 10 list and events can go way well past that. <laughs> but in a similar sense, uh, supply chains could be considered a component of the value chain, which is a term that was introduced by Michael Porter back in the 80s. Now that focuses, value chains focus on all the different ways that a company creates value and competitive advantage to deliver a product and service. Kevin, mm-hmm. the value chain includes areas such as human resources, customer service, sales and marketing, product design, everything, again, that creates value and competitive advantage. Now, sometimes folks use supply chain and value chain interchangeably, and there's certainly some similarities, but there are really distinct differences. And I thought that would be helpful context as we move into this next story. So, Kevin, tell us more here. Well, first of all, I want to uh, thank you for that uh, little um, information. But it's also important to understand that this is, doesn't apply only, it does not only apply to physical right. um, assets. You have to really think about your information assets as well. Okay, there is an information supply chain, and yeah. that information supply chain provides value to you and your customers or clients. So, but getting back to, to the story, supply chain uh, volatility. The macroeconomics and, and regulatory pressures. Hey, we, you got a theme here, right? Are creating <laughs> challenges for just about every organization. Mm. Uh, this is uncertainty that must be managed and the risks need to be mitigated with an end-to-end view of manufacturing operations and, and the supply chain. Uh, that is why many organizations are investing in digital control towers and digitizing their supply chains. Uh, Even when data is digitized, however, it often resides in a variety of systems, not all of them connected. And this could make it very difficult for the managers to understand. And, you know, at any organization, digitization requires people. You know what mm. I always say, if it wasn't for the people, this would be easy, but, <laughs> but you really you really need people. You need champions who understand the benefits of data-driven transformation mm. and are prepared to advocate strongly for it because you need those, those leaders, those champions to bring everyone else along to teach us just like you just did mm. about the importance of value chains and supply chains. The problem, of course, is that the right people aren't always around uh, or they're otherwise not in the right position mm. to push for change. 
Uh, so even when a champion exists, the environment may not be supportive of the digital transformation effort. And culture is the most often cited reason for digital transformation failures. So wow. the enterprises that will be best off are those that can develop agility and adapt to the changing external conditions on the fly. Hmm. Uh, the flow of information is rapid in our modern world. So it moves faster and faster every year. So to mitigate supply chain risk, uh, you need to have both a short-term and long-term horizon planning. Every delay in improving a procurement or logistic process mm. imperils resiliency and incurs even more risk, the risk of doing nothing. Yep. Well said, Kevin. A couple of follow-up thoughts there. And I don't know if this is a true anecdote, and I'm probably going to mm. botch this a little bit, but when you talked about how culture is often cited as one of the biggest culprits of, of failure, yeah. uh, it reminded me of the old anecdote that you and I probably both heard lots of times where during the Apollo program, as the story goes, President Lyndon uh, Baines Johnson was uh, at a NASA facility, and he stopped by. A custodian had gotten his attention, and he and he tapped this uh, person on the shoulder and said, "Hey, what do you do here?" And he goes, mm -hmm. "My job is to get an astronaut on that moon." And you know <laughs> right. that I don't know if that's true or not, right? But I think the power is like a um, even if it's not true, the power behind it, it's kind of like a parable, right? The yeah, power behind yeah. it where every person in the organization, no matter their functional, where they are in, in, in whatever functional capacity, where they are on the on the leadership structure, it doesn't matter. They all know the mission of what they're they're after, what they're gonna do. That speaks that that is one of my favorite anecdotes, and it really displays, Kevin, the power of culture. Your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, this is the importance of leadership from the top, change from the top. And you have to infuse that into the entire organization. Everybody has to know what the goals are and how what they do every day contribute to that goal. And you, you, you can't be successful unless you have a, a management layer and an executive layer that work together to make sure that, that information, that data uh, flows easily and that you don't have these data silos that, that uh, separate uh, people within the organization. So that, that, that's critical. And it, it, that is culture. It yes. is culture. Well said. And I'll tell you, I would argue, Kevin, I'll see if you agree with me here, that silos have always not been good for business, right? Mm, but right. silos in terms of they're dangerous. Um, um, the danger they pose to organizations these days, I think that danger is getting bigger and bigger. Your thoughts, Kevin, on, on the danger of silos? Well, now you're talking about having to integrate or interact from a global perspective and with a global perspective. Uh, any industry is inherently global today because of the internet. Right. Uh, you can... You know, you can go on the uh, a browser, look for any type of product, get it sourced from anywhere in the world, and it's on your 
you know, uh, at your front door the next day, if right. not next two days. I mean, that is normal <laughs> today, right? So you are competing against everyone, no matter what, what you're doing. And the, the business uh, models are also dramatically changing. Mm. Everything is going towards uh, uh, information manipulation mm. model. Okay, if those that have more information about the product and the service and the consumers that want that product and service mm. are going to be ahead. Uh, I saw a show yesterday, yeah. uh, actually on CNN, um, we talked, Bobby Flay was interviewing different um, uh, restaurant owners okay. about how they survive the pandemic. And all of them were talking about how they had to pivot every 10 minutes. Mm. <laughs> they had to understand not only how the marketplace was changing, how their customers were changing, how regulations were changing, mm. but how that affected their own internal processes and their own employees. And uh, all of them really changed their business model um, on the fly because they had to. Uh, I think I said 150,000 restaurants failed. Wow. In just, just in the United States o over that uh, two-year period mm. because they couldn't adapt, because they couldn't change. Put future proofing aside for a second. They were trying to present proof and, and make it, you know? <laughs> right, and, right, right. But what a fascinating time. You're going to have to share that with me later because I think, you know, if I think of all the industries that were really hit and double hit and triple hit during the pandemic, the restaurant industry mm -hmm. and other services industries were really at the top of the list. That would be a fascinating interview to, to learn from those that were on the front lines and had to drive those 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 instant pivots just to survive, Kevin. So I'm going to check that out because uh, we could probably all learn a lot, regardless of uh, what your role is and what sector you're in. We could learn a lot from the, the restaurants that that was able to persevere through, right? Yeah, one particular restaurant was in Louisville, Kentucky, and it it, it launched as a full service restaurant just before the pandemic hit. Um, and they're, uh, you know, like three days into the pandemic, their normally crowded, um, restaurant was down to zero. Mm. Uh, and, and they quickly, uh, shifted to, uh, DoorDash. <laughs> so that, that was their initial savior mm. in order to get their meals, uh, to, um, their customers. They actually partnered with a sort of like a Meals on Wheels organization. Mm. And they were making the meals in their restaurant and people were ordering online through the Meals on Wheels mm. to get, them, get it delivered. And then they shifted to a um, sort of outdoors. The, the, the city uh, finally let people eat outdoors. Mm. So they went down to... Um, Home Depot and bought a lot of picnic tables, set them really? up outside. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and people just love the, the picnic tables, right? Mm. And then 
they still weren't getting back the revenue they needed. So they opened up a, a bodega really? <laughs> to, to, to buy, you know, uh, peop, uh, food stuff uh, from local farmers. Mm. So it was like, uh, so that people can come and get local fruits and local vegetables Love it. so that they could take home and make it themselves. Right. And those farmers, of course, needed those distribution avenues because a lot of them, you know, were, were right. shelved for a while. But the thing about it is that after the pandemic, all four of those new business models grew yep. <laughs> and they Man. still exist. All right. So you're going to have to share that show. That is so fascinating. We're, uh, there's mm-hmm. so much, you know, one of the silver linings here, and we've talked about it time and time again, Kevin. Uh, um, not taking anything away from the suffering and, and, and all the, the bad, terrible things that the pandemic brought. But if you, there's always good news if you go looking for it. And, and the lessons that we, that we have learned and continue to learn from the pandemic as we study that and look for, for ways of, of it goes far beyond resiliency. It really goes back right. to future-proofing organization, reinventing business models, you name it. And I love the story you shared there. So, Kevin, we went all the way around the block and then some, uh, you know, <laughs> but that's what makes a great show. I got to catch up on a few folks here. Uh, Deborah, great to have you join us here today via LinkedIn. Let us know where you're tuned in from. And yeah, hey, digital transformation, that is Kevin's uh, that's his calling card. That's, that's, that's what, what the I world do. knows him for. That's right. So you can expect a lot more of this. Uh, hey, mom, Lee Luton from Aiken, South Carolina. You were late today, but that's okay. No demerits, right, Kevin? No demerits. <laughs> mom uh, never gets demerits. We started <laughs> when she gets here. That is right. Uh, Big Show Bob Bova, going back to silo busting. busting. Uh, Bob, great to see you. It's been too long. He says, today's silos can be seen as specific areas of expertise in particular disciplines. The overarching digital transformation needs to have a management layer that can identify the best practices that can be shared in the various areas of their companies. That's right, Bob. No islands of excellence, which is so uh, an important, really important comment there. All right. So, Kevin, we are going. Before you go, I just want to highlight one thing. This is a live audience. Yes. They are interacting with us in, in real time. We're giving them information in real time. So I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, downplaying the importance of on-demand. And okay. I really appreciate you if you're here listening to us on-demand. But, you know, live is better, baby. <laughs> Just right. saying. <laughs> Just saying. I love it. Just saying. That is S-A-Y-I-N apostrophe. Um, great point. All right, Kevin, let's see here. I've got one, we've got one more topic we want to broach here today. It's, it's uh, as we, okay. as we're starting to come down home stretch um, and what that is. So we have been posing questions in front of uh, an, uh Oh, hang on a sec. Korah uh, says he's a deep fake AI. Kevin, yeah. man, we got to put some, some safeguards in place. That, that would be dangerous. The, the world only needs one Korah, Kose. Uh, You're right right about that one. (laughs) So what we have been doing as we get into this last topic here today is we've been pulsing uh, our Mm -hmm. global community, followers, listeners, uh, mom, dad, you name it, right? And and really trying to understand a variety of different things between their ears, including, Kevin, one fun, simple question that I always uh, enjoy hearing back from people is what are some of the books that – uh, that not just that they're reading, that's not good enough. What are some of the books that have had a profound impact 
on their journey. So, Kevin, I want to share a couple of here that we've gathered okay. over the last month or so of, of conducting some very simple uh, research. And that uh, these are four here. Chip War by Chris Miller probably was told back to us the most. That probably had the most votes. So, of course, mm. as you might imagine, uh, it's all about uh, the fight for the world's most critical technology and semiconductors. So y'all check that out. Good to Great, which has been around for 20-something years, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I probably read it 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. That's some great, great information in that Good to Great. Agreed. No pun intended. And I, by the way, I like Good to Great much better than Built to Last, which is another popular read amongst others from Jim Collins. So y'all check that out. Shoe Dog. I have not read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Hmm. Have, you, have you seen that, Kevin? No, I haven't read that one. No, I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. So all of these got had multiple responses and Chip War was number one again. And then finally, this uh, getting to yes, negotiating yes. agreement, <laughs> negotiating <laughs> <Yes>. agreement without <laughs> giving in. Don't give in, Kevin. Don't get in. That had lots of votes. So those four were the books that we heard um, from our global family. How about you, Kevin? Uh, of course, you, well, you're yeah. a published, you're a well-published and successful author, and, and we'll touch on maybe a couple of those. But what are a couple of books you want to point out, Kevin? Well, well, first of all, you know, I've been doing a lot in cloud computing. And one of the biggest issues about uh, companies that uh, decide to transition to cloud, cloud computing now is not a way of doing information technology. It's the way of mm -hmm. doing information technology. So, but... What they fail to do is link their um, IT to their economics. Um, so one of the biggest issues that companies have to deal with is cloud fin ops, financial operations. So this is a book called from O'Reilly called Cloud Fin Ops hmm. that helps you understand how to modify, change, and update uh, your CFO when they're dealing and operating in a cloud environment. If you don't know how to do this, you're going to fail in your transition <laughs> to cloud and you're going to fail in your mm. digital transformation. <laughs> just, a, just a little hint there. <laughs> Take Kevin's word to the bank uh, on that. He is, a, he is the cloud guru. And also, Kevin, quick aside, you had mm -hmm. me with the bird on the front cover, as you know, I'm a big bird nerd. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, they always have these these uh, animals on the front of these O'Reilly books. You For know, suckers <laughs> like me. All right, so cloud finops is one. I think cloud you've got finops, a second one, yeah. right? Yes. So this was actually a, a, a project I participated in, and it's a USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestseller. It's mm. called Quitless. All right. The power of persistence in business and life. It's an anthology of some of the most successful, diehard, entirely working entrepreneurs in the world. They, this, this book actually gives a compelling narrative about the, the uh, crucial aspect of learning. What is important to pick yourself up when you have a quote failure. Mm. Uh, you need to dust yourself off and get back into the game. Okay. So these are, each chapter is from a different entrepreneur about their entrepreneurial life, what they mm. learned in business, not only in business, but how it affected their personal life. And I did a chapter in this as well. So if you're an artist or a teacher or programmer or entrepreneur, okay, this really will set you up 
for a continued success. Love quitless. it. Love it. And of course, you got to be quitless to make it in global supply chain as well. Yes. So <laughs> practitioners out there, pick up that book. We dropped the link to that book as well there in the chat. Y'all check it out. Uh, let's see here. Catherine said, uh, never split the difference. That She read it as a family book club. I love that, Catherine. Uh, Vanessa says, Upstream by Dan Heath is a great uh, it's great for quick stories of improvements across industries. That sounds, that's right up my alley. It sounds like a very practical mm. read, Vanessa. Thank you for sharing. I'm going to share a couple. So uh, I've got a lot of books behind me. I've read, I'm just going to say I read all of them. Wink, wink. Um, and Kev <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin, you read, the type, you read the cover of all of them. Yes. That's right. That's right. You, <laughs> you're too quick for me. I uh, got some of Kevin's, but I want to point out two others. Uh, you know, our dear friend, Theodore Lau. Kevin, she's joining oh, us yeah, in Theodore, October. Yes. This is a great read. Uh, it's her and Bradley Lemer, uh, Beyond Good, How Technology is Leading a Purpose-Driven Business Revolution. Y'all check that out. And Kevin, our dear friend here that we've collaborated with, Billy Ray Taylor. Yes, uh, Billy Ray. Yes. The, the Winning, Winning Link. Link. That's a good book. That's a great book. It is a great book. And it really, you know, as I mentioned a minute ago, I'm a very practical person. I love really good practical books with examples and outcomes and, and great stories. And I'll tell you in particular, the winning link, uh, if Billy Ray does anything, it's tell outstanding stories that have morals. A lot of them have mm -hmm. his mother, which I love. Uh, but y'all check out the winning link. It really documents his, his journey of doing big things uh, for Goodyear. Um, all right. So Kevin, Next. we have, man, run the gamut here today. Uh, really quick, I want to make sure, and folks, we'd love to get the rest of y'all's, uh, any other recommendations. Uh, I want to recap the four books we, we talked about a second ago, Chip War, Good to Great, Shoe Dog, Getting to Yes, and then Kevin, if you'd uh, share those two titles that you just, I know Quitless was one. What was that first title? Yeah, Cloud FinOps, Cloud FinOps and Quitless. Quitless, Quitless. Yes. And take that, especially in that first one, take that from the uh, leader that wrote the book on all things cloud. Uh, one, one of your most popular uh, uh, books that you wrote. Kevin, speaking of yes. books that you wrote, I think <laughs> we can let a little birdie out, right? A, 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 little, um, a little secret out here because you're working on your next uh, book already. Can you share anything that it might touch on? Yes, absolutely. I'm uh, actually doing a uh, study guide. It's kind of maybe kind of boring to some of you, but <laughs> the certified cloud security professional is the number one uh, non-vendor specific uh, cloud certification in the world. Um, I was uh, uh, lucky enough to be part of the team uh, over at ISC Squared to put that certification together. And uh, I am now uh, working on a study guide for those that want to get the CCSP certification to move yourself up um, in your professional career. It's been referred to as uh, the um, graduate level cloud computing training uh, mm. is, is that CCSP certification. That so is. I expect that to be out um by spring of next year. Okay. Awesome. Uh, hey, that's above my pay grade though. So don't give me any quizzes <laughs> on certified cloud technology, but uh, kidding aside, it's man, it's where we are. Yes. Uh, and, and really, I'm not gonna say we're just getting started, but, um, but there's a lot more of it to come. So you, uh, learn from the best and the true experts and practitioners and Kevin certainly fits all of that. Kevin, we mm -hmm. have, uh, really, 
full episode of the Buzz here today, a special digital transformers edition of the supply chain buzz here You've today. Done a lot. We have really, I mean, uh, from some of the stories and some of the developments out there to some great books and, and resources for folks. Um, before we call it a day here, mm-hmm. um, let's make sure folks know, of course, they can find digital transformers with Kevin L. Jackson, wherever they get their podcast from, you can check them on social media and you name it, but Kevin, yeah, while well, you're talking about that, I'll show that we're going to be releasing later this month. And then we're talking about food today. Um, how many of you have heard of Pim Brands? Okay. Uh, I think I have. Pim Brands. <laughs> so some of the uh, some of the brands from uh, Pim Brands includes the uh, uh, Welch's ah. Juice Rolls and yep. Fruit Rolls. How about... The slice, uh, that's from Pim Brand. The drink, the original, uh, no, it's candy. Oh, okay. Slice the candy, the original gummy fun mix. So you like gummies? <laughs> Sun made. We talked a little bit about chocolate earlier. Sun made yeah. chocolate raisins. Love them. Come from Pim Brand. Sour Jacks. Uh, <laughs> come from. Pim I'm sure, Brand. my kids know those. No doubt. <laughs> Tuxedos, milk, chocolate, almonds. So I'm going to have on the show uh, the head of marketing for Pim Brands. And he's going to tell us how they use SAP to, to manage uh, their resources across the entire company globally. So uh, you can check that out. Uh, we released that on the last Monday of the month. Well, hey, sign me up, Kevin. But more importantly, or at least equally as importantly, do we get samples <laughs> of all those delicious samples. snacks? We demand. Yes, absolutely. Samples. We collect all the information to download. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> when we run, we run a uh, we run a contest. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, the winner gets all the chocolate covered raisins they can they can uh, stand to eat over the the rest yes. of the year. Um, all right, Kevin L. Jackson, as as hey as as Kora says here. Great insights and one buzz to remember. Great job, Kevin L. Jackson Yay. and Scott Thank Luton you. Thank you very fire. much. Yeah, Kora, I appreciate what you're doing. And folks, check out Kora across LinkedIn. He's putting on some great audio co- live, live because as Kevin says, live is better. Great live audio, better, interactive, <laughs> uh, inclusive conversations on the state of global supply chain. And T-Square throws in two-second advantage by Vivek uh, Ranadeev. Uh, is a good one. I mm. bet I'm going to check that okay. out. We'll add that to the list. T-squared. Great to have you here as always. Okay, Kevin, uh, thank you for being here today. really appreciate uh, all the light bulbs that you're causing, the digital light bulbs that you're causing to go on as you continue your uh, mission to educate and inspire and help folks innovate and, and find real opportunities here in uh, the cloud era. Right, Kevin? No, this is fun. I really enjoyed it. And, and the feedback I keep getting is is tremendous. Thank, thank you very mm-hmm. much. I, I really enjoy interacting and responding. So uh, you can catch me on uh, uh, Twitter at uh, Kevin Unscan Jackson or on LinkedIn. Um, so uh, don't, don't be shy. Don't be shy. And as, if y'all can't tell, Kevin loves to share, loves to have fun while uh, comparing notes, uh, he, he incredibly bright, as I mentioned, 
Uh, I, I have a good time talking about Kevin's days supporting NASA missions. <laughs> that says all you need to know. So check him out uh, across social and certainly digital transformers. Hey, Steve, appreciate that feedback. Steve says, thanks. Totally enjoyed the show via LinkedIn. Thank you, Steve. Really appreciate it. And ho- hope you won't be a stranger and you'll see us next time. Speaking of next time, first off, thanks, of course, to Kevin. Thanks to all the folks that, that came out. I know we couldn't hit all the comments and all the different questions. Big thanks to, again, Catherine and Amanda behind the scenes helping to make production happen. Yes, thank you. Folks, whatever you do, take something Kevin shared here today. Take something that was in the comments. Take something we talked about here today. Put it in action. Put it in that headlock that we had a little fun with earlier today. Deeds, not words. On that note, on behalf of me and all the whole team here at Supply Chain Now and Digital Transformers. Scott Loon challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change. We'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.